ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. Welcome to Ignition, a radio show and podcast for the new evangelization. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, and we want to launch your own efforts to explain the Catholic faith and to invite others to live it. Before we get into today's topic, we want you to know that we love listener feedback. So if you've got questions about today's episode or ideas for future episodes, please contact us. There are two easy ways to do so. You can email us, ignition at sfcatholic.org, or you can tweet at us. Use the Twitter handle at sfdiocese with the hashtag ignition. Um, my guest co-host this week is Father Tyler Matson across the table from me in the studio. Hi, Father. Hello, Dr. Chris. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Good. So why don't you introduce yourself? Sure. This is your first time ever on Ignition. It is. Yeah, so, some, so regardless of whether somebody's listened to Ignition before, they've never had you, yeah, heard right. you on. Right. Why don't you introduce yourself a little bit to our listeners? Sure. Yeah. My name is Father Tyler Matson, and I am a priest of the Diocese of Sioux Falls, originally from the city of Sioux Falls. Was ordained in 2017 and currently serve as the associate at Holy Spirit Parish here in Sioux Falls, as well as the chaplain of O'Gorman Junior High. So this is, as we're recording this at least, somebody might be listening to this millennia from now. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why, but well, we'll find out why, yeah. I guess. Um, but as we're recording this, this is so we're, it's the fall of 2018, so your second year. Second year, yeah. So I've been a priest for about a year and a half. How's, how's it going so far, Father? Is it everything? Is it? Is no, I'll just let you answer that question. Actually, go ahead. Yeah, no, it's been going well. You know, there's uh, they always talk about like the honeymoon, and then they'll say, "Oh yeah, it's gonna wear out," and then you're gonna get cynical, and then it's gonna be like, "What did you know?" You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Like with marriage, anything like that, you just yeah. really like, yeah. But uh, and I think I think I haven't uh lost maybe the uh initial fervor, so I'm hoping that I'll, you know, maybe maybe the initial fervor will uh be more realistic, but I hope I never lose it. So it's been, it's been better than I could have hoped for. And it's been a great joy to be a priest so far. Beautiful. So, um, since this is your first time at an ignition, um, I, I like to ask what's, what's been your favorite thing so far being a priest? Right. Great question. I think my favorite thing so far has just been already just in a year and a half moments of spiritual fatherhood. And, and where I noticed it this in the second year is looking out on Sunday, like maybe during the readings, and I'll kind of glance at the congregation, and I'll be able to be like, oh, there's so-and-so. Like, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I married those two people, and like, oh, those people are, you know, coming to my Bible study, and although that person, uh, they lost their mom this year. Kind of that experience of kind of knowing them and, and entering into the parishioners' lives more has just been like super rewarding and and I just realized it's only been like a year and a half, and I can't imagine what right. it'd be like if I'm at a place for years. Beautiful, <laughs> so. that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is your second year as a priest, second year at Holy Spirit Parish in mm-hmm. southeastern Sioux Falls. Um, oftentimes, you, priests have a couple years at initial assignment and are moved somewhere else, but you have no idea about that sort of thing, right? Right, right. It's all a mystery. So yeah, it's all a mystery, <laughs> even to the bishop, especially yeah. because you know by the time. In, in our diocese, it's early July is typically when, when uh, new assignments mm-hmm. take effect. They're announced April, May, June, somewhere in there. Um, but Bishop Paul Swain, our bishop, as of this recording at mm-hmm. least, mm-hmm. Um, has turned 75 and submitted his his resignation letter. So as soon as Pope Francis accepts that, but that could be who knows when, right? So right. Bishop Swain might move you. Bishop Swain might leave you. Bishop so-and-so might move you. Bishop exactly. so-and-so might leave you. Yeah, so far, people have been asking me that question of like, so are you going to leave this year? And I'll say, well, you know, typically 
we'll stay for two years, but the new bishop can do whatever he wants. So that's kind of that's kind of been the refrain lately. Well, exactly. the new bishop can do whatever he wants. Yeah, so so. We, it's hard to hard to say exactly. Exactly. So it's uh, <laughs> it's all it's a mystery to all of us, including yeah. the bishop. I'm sure. So great. So. Um, Speaking of mysteries, <laughs> let's see how I do the segue. Uh, the mysteries of the faith, uh, people studying the faith, I think oftentimes when people get excited, this is me at least, mm-hmm. Father. Mm-hmm. For me, I, I'm a revert. I'm a cradle Catholic. Sure. Uh, people have been listening to Ignition for a while. I've heard parts of my story over the years. Um, I was fascinated and remain fascinated with the truths, truths of our faith. Mm-hmm. Um, as a college student who had sort of stopped practicing when I came back 24 years ago last month mm-hmm. to our faith. Um, and it led me, it's so fascinated that it led me to earn a doctorate in theology. Right. So obviously we study, um, you as a seminarian studied, mm-hmm. me as a layman studied, all sorts of theologians. But today we're going to speak about one theologian in particular um, who has really made an imprint on you, right? Am I right about correct. that? That's correct. Yes. Okay. So uh, that, that theologian is St. Thomas Aquinas, the 13th century Italian Dominican friar, uh, who I think many Catholics... Are, now, many Catholics, I, I mean, probably most Catholics, have heard of Saint Thomas. Yes, I'm not sure that many of them have read Saint Thomas. Right, but yeah. that's kind of why you're on the show today, right, Father? It is. It is. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, I can change that. Yeah, so people to read him. So we're going to talk today about uh, Saint Thomas and how he his title is one of his many titles, um, but one of them is he's the common doctor, and want to look at what that means. But I'm curious, Father, just as yes. a way into this. Uh, how did you first experience St. Thomas Aquinas, his writings, and so on? Sure. How were you introduced to St. Thomas Aquinas? Yeah, and I'd say that for for most of my for most of my Catholic life, even in seminary, I was probably like most Catholics. I knew of Thomas Aquinas. In fact, I went to St. Thomas University, named after St. <laughs> right. Thomas Aquinas, and I knew that he was really smart. I knew that he was really important for the life of the Church. But when it came to reading St. Thomas. I was like, woof, I don't think I can do that. And I probably even tried a couple of times to read him in some philosophy classes and was like, I don't really understand what he's saying. So like, I know that he's important, but I don't really get it. Well, that changed for me when I was in theology school. So during the four years of theology at, at the St. Paul Seminary in St. Paul, Minnesota, where I went, they, they had a, a four course uh, elective series. So four classes on the Summa Theologica. So that's kind of probably the best known work of St. Thomas Aquinas is his, is his Summa Theologica. And there's, there's four parts of it. So four classes, one class in sure. each part. Yep. So I, I took a class on uh, the second part of the second part. So it's kind of, it's kind of, a, all this terminology is kind of confusing, but basically it was St. Thomas on virtue. In particular, the class just focused on St. Thomas talking about faith, hope, and love. So a whole semester just talking about what does St. Thomas Aquinas say in the Summa about the theological virtues, faith, hope, and love. Within that class, we would read the Summa, and then during class we would read it, and then the professor would, would explain it and talk about it. And something started happening to me where, first of all, I realized, oh, I'm reading this, and I'm actually sort of understanding what Thomas is talking about because part of it was, you know, if the Summa is written in a very kind of particular way, and if you don't understand the structure, if you just read it kind of 
straight through. It doesn't make much sense. But suddenly I was given just a very simple kind of tool for reading the, the, the parts of the Summa. So that helped. And then something was happening inside of me where, where we would talk about something, some insight that St. Thomas had. And, and this was kind of the beautiful part of it because Thomas would say he'd, he'd make some distinction. He'd say, you know, you could think about hope in this way or you could think about hope in this way. And I'd be like, okay. And then suddenly maybe the professor would say, do you see how that distinction matters for our spiritual life? Because we think of hope in this way, it would mean this. If we think hope in this way, it would mean mm. that. And suddenly I was like, oh, like these distinctions that he's making and these insights that St. Thomas is making are important. And and some of them were like really, really beautiful uh, insights that St. Thomas was having. And and I was actually finding myself being moved by that. Mm. And, and I was being changed by that. And what that did for me, even after the course was over, is it sort of ignited in me a desire to read Thomas. And I was like, I need to keep reading St. Thomas Aquinas. And maybe one other point I'll make within that class, which was good for me, because sometimes, too, you know, there, there are a lot of good resources out there for maybe, you know, taking St. Thomas's ideas, and then they sort of, authors will present them in maybe more readable ways. Yeah. Which is good. And I I, I did a final paper on St. Thomas Aquinas on just like one one point of, uh, of the class. And within that paper, I used a lot of these resources. So a lot of people basically talking about St. Thomas Aquinas or commentating on St. Thomas Aquinas. And I use their, uh, their resources. Right. Well, the, my professor kind of wrote in the margins of my paper when I got it back and he said, you know, good paper, but he goes, don't rely on commentators on St. Thomas Aquinas. Never be afraid to read St. Thomas himself and just to let that be enough. Right. And, and that's always stuck with me. And, and that's kind of why I'm here just to say like, Sometimes St. Thomas can be enough and just to encourage people uh, to go straight to him. I think that's a, with that last point, so a couple things come to mind, Father. Thank you for sharing that experience. Um, that last point that you raised about let Thomas St. Thomas be enough. Um, I'm one of those people who, if I want to study topic X, the first thing that I do is read 20 books about topic X <laughs> yeah. rather than topic X. If I'm going to read a book of the Bible, right. for instance, first I'm going to read the commentaries about that book of the right. Bible. Like, no, start with, read the, read start the, with the book of the Bible the first. Text, yeah. yeah, read the text. Read the text. <laughs> um, and I think the same thing is definitely true with St. Thomas. There have been, and rightly so. Mm-hmm. I mean, people have been so impressed by... Uh, the beauty, the brilliance, the power, mm-hmm. you already, as you spoke to it, um, of St. Thomas Aquinas and his writings, mm-hmm. that there have been all sorts of commentaries written. There's a there's a whole uh, uh, commentator tradition, right. like the, the commentators on St. Thomas Aquinas. That's right. a thing. I mean, yeah. <laughs> but, but I love your emphasis and your professor's emphasis to you. Mm-hmm. Let Thomas be Thomas. Mm-hmm. Um Read him on his own. Don't mm-hmm. worry about all the what we call the secondary literature. Those mm-hmm. people who are writing yeah. about him. Um, so you had never before this class you you'd never done any sustained reading of Saint right. Thomas. Is that right? right? Precisely. Yeah. What I loved about uh, what you said there, what, another thing that you said was how um, you, you found it, its relevance mm-hmm. in your life. So I think oftentimes when people think of theology. 
They think of something that's very intellectual, understandably, Mm -hmm. and abstract, um, and it stays there. Mm -hmm. But your experience of Thomas, it actually, it it, it moved you. It impacted you. You Mm -hmm. saw how it was relevant to your life, right? That's exactly right. And, and, and not only that, it, it, I, I found, you know, cause so, so theology, this, this, the study of who God is and, and the Summa Theologica is this summary of all the theology. But, but what I found was be, through St. Thomas and through his, his clarity, through his precision and, and speaking about God, that the relevance for my own life also had to do with my understanding of who God was. Mm-hmm. So, so it was affecting the way that I was living, but in that it was affecting the way that I was praying. It was affecting the way that right. I like worshiped at mass. Right. It was affecting the way that like I made confession, you know, like all these things were impacted by, by the insights of St. Thomas because right. Maybe, maybe on the surface it could seem sort of dry, abstract, speculative, what does this have to do with, with, with me? But just to go a little bit deeper and to discover this actually has a lot to do with me. And, and this, like one example that, that stands out for me, just talking about faith, hope, and love. When St. Thomas talks about hope, he talks about, uh, you know, who, who should we, like, what's the object of our hope? You know, who should we place our hope in? And, and the answer is obviously God. You know, the mm-hmm. object of our hope is God. We hope in God. And then St. Thomas goes, okay, if that's the case, then it'd be impossible to trust in God too much. Impossible to trust in God too much because of who God is. And and you think about like our own uh, society that often can have a lack of hope. Right. And, and then just to be able to like, even for me as a priest, but even in my own personal uh, spiritual life, to be able to tell people and to tell myself, you know, it's impossible to trust in God too much mm. uh, because he's the object of our hope. Uh, so that's the, that's that's just like one a small example from the writings of St. Thomas uh, of how it really can impact you and, and your daily life. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Ignition, a broadcast of the New Evangelization. I'm Dr. Chris Bergwald, and my guest today is Father Tyler Matson, And we're so- talking about St. Thomas Aquinas. And, and, and the point really of, of Father, your, your, your appearance here today mm-hmm. is to what we're going to be getting here momentarily, encouraging average, ordinary Catholics to read St. Thomas. Right. I think part of why that might be intimidating, if somebody's ever, um, so quick story, Father, when I was, I mentioned how I'm a, I'm a revert. One of the first things I did when I was coming back to the church was I knew from my public high school world history class that St. Thomas Aquinas had, had written this book called the Summa Theologica, Summa Theologiae. Uh, and so I went to the University of Minnesota where I was studying their library and checked out the three volume Benzinger edition, this <laughs> 1950s edition. Um, and I started reading it and <laughs> I stopped pretty quickly and it stayed by my bedside and accrued $30 <laughs> in late fines because I want to read it, but didn't understand what he was talking. There is right. a little bit like just the structure of it. it, there's a scholastic um, uh, writing style, the disputation, that's not a disputation, the summa style, where you were actually on a specific question. It starts with the objections to right. the author's thesis, and then it goes on from there. So if you just, if you have no idea what a mm-hmm. summa's format is, right. it can be a little bit confusing initially. 
Oh, definitely. And so that was part of my own experience. Was that, I mean, part oh, of that it? Oh, that was totally mine, too. And that's, like, why I'm so uh, <clears throat> sympathetic of people that will, like, open Thomas. You know, and the funny thing is, and this is maybe a, a, an unfair comparison, but sometimes people will kind of commit to reading the Bible. Yeah. So they'll open up to the beginning, you know, in the beginning, and they'll read Genesis, and then they'll get to, like, you know, maybe through Genesis, they're lucky, and then, like, by the time they get to, like, you know, Leviticus and yes. Numbers, they're, like, they're just yes. adults, right? You know, a, a similar thing can happen with St. Thomas because maybe part of it is they don't know where to start. And if they start at the beginning of St. Thomas, now this is probably, and I'm probably going to be departing a little bit from the thought of St. Thomas because he wrote it for a reason, right? And he right. started where he did for yep. a reason because this is how he meant it to be read. But just the way that I think we think as mo- as moderns, he kind of starts with like the big questions of like, uh, first he says like, what is theology? And then he says, you know, like, what is God? And then what is the Trinity? Okay, that's, those are really important things for the rest of the Summa. But if you start there without any experience in St. Thomas, you're going to be like, he's using these words I don't understand, and he's talking about things I don't get. When, in fact, later in, this, in the Summa, he has a whole section on the moral life. He has a whole section on virtue. He has a whole section on the life of Jesus. And and. I think if you're just going to kind of like put your foot into Thomas and say, okay, I'll give him a shot, it'd be similar to like somebody reading the Bible where I'd say, well, maybe start with the Gospels and and, and read the Gospels first because this is a little bit more familiar. I would say, you know, maybe, maybe there's a particular topic of the faith that interests you. Maybe maybe start there. And and then, of course, as you as you would go deeper, you would read more of Thomas and, and it'd make more sense. But uh, but just to kind of say, okay, I'll just start from the beginning— might be intimidating. You might get lost. Yeah. So, Father, if somebody's listening to this, and we still haven't got yet to the why read St. Thomas, which is what I'm right. to now, but if somebody might already have an objection to forming their mind, um, as Catholics, we've got Scripture, we've got a catechism, and they're both big books already. And just to, <laughs> to read those, let alone to master their content, is is a years-long endeavor. And now Father Tyler is proposing that I read St. Thomas Aquinas too. <laughs> like, so just as a way into that, why why read St. Thomas Aquinas? Yeah, that's a great question. So I would say the first reason for someone to read St. Thomas Aquinas and maybe to say, why don't I just read the catechism? Isn't that enough? Right. I would say, I would say this to them. <clears throat> I would say in the catechism, you have a really beautiful summary of, of the Catholic faith filtered through uh, the magisterium, the, this teaching office of the church who, who gave us the catechism. But one of the things that you'll notice in the catechism is there are a lot of footnotes. And they quote, they quote church documents, they quote saints, one of the saints they quote is St. Thomas Aquinas. You know, and, and not just the catechism. In fact, I was just thinking in, in Pope Francis's document, after the last synod, he came out with, with Amoris Laetitiae, uh, the, um, this, this document on marriage and on family life. And, right. and that document was controversial. I don't need right. to get into it here. Yep. But whether, whether you agree with all of what the Pope says in that document or not, if you look at the footnotes, one of the people that Saint, that the Pope Francis quotes the most, Saint Thomas Aquinas. Right. right. So, so he's using Saint Thomas Aquinas's uh, moral distinctions and 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 theology of morality in that document. So here's why I say Saint Thomas is important. When Saint Thomas wrote, he wasn't necessarily appreciated when he died. In fact, shortly after he died, the bishop in in, in Paris condemned a lot of his writings. Right. Okay. 
it took some time for the church to look back at St. Thomas and, and then to say, wow, this is something special. Uh, what St. Thomas was able to do was actually pretty remarkable. And then for a long time, most of theology was just people basically taking what St. Thomas already said and, and wrote and then expanding on that or, ex- or trying to explain it more. So the point that I'm getting at is when you read the catechism, you're going to get a, a lot of beautiful truths, but you're getting something that if you go to St. Thomas, you'll kind of get to the roots of it. Mm-hmm. So St. Thomas Aquinas, and this might be kind of bold to say, has sort of, uh, has sort of taught Catholics uh, a, a main way of thinking about God and talking about God, which, which has influenced theology since. So I actually I have, a, I have a quote here from Pope, Pope John the 22nd. So he was, he was the Pope yeah. that, that canonized St. Thomas okay. Aquinas. Uh, and, and, and he said this. He said, Thomas and Aquinas enlightened the church more than all the other doctors together. So think about that. He's talking about uh, primarily the, the, the fathers of the church and all those who, who came before him. And he said this. He says, a man can derive more profit from Thomas's books in one year. So if you read St. Thomas for one year, you have more profit than a lifetime spent pondering the philosophy of others. Hmm. So the Pope is saying, if you just read St. Thomas for one year, it would profit you as much as reading all the other doctors who came before him for your whole life. Hmm. And part of that, uh, Chris, is because what St. Thomas was able to do was to take the thought of all those that came before him, and was he was able to take all that thought plus his knowledge of Scripture— and he was able to synthesize that to kind of like take it and to put it into one sort of like unit of thought so that when you read St. Thomas, you're getting Augustine. When you read St. Thomas, you're getting scripture. I, I think that, Father, when you, that's, that's a great point. So with, with the catechism, I mean, one of the differences between Thomas and the catechism is you alluded to already. The catechism is magisterial. It's, mm-hmm. it's a formal teaching, but it doesn't contain a lot of. St. Thomas because, mm-hmm. and, and directly quotes from him, but also reflecting his thought because his thought is a synthesis, as you just said, of so many of those who went before him, especially of scripture. Uh, he, he, he was first a master of the sacred page. Mm-hmm. If you went to his lectures, mm-hmm. he lectured on scripture. Most people think of him as very just philosophical, right. but he was, he was really eminently theological. Mm-hmm. which means beginning with, with scripture. And you find that in the Summa as well. Um, Father, we got about five, a little less than five minutes left in this episode. So somebody is intrigued now, hopefully, and, and, mm-hmm. and they're ready to take up your challenge. What would you recommend as a way to start reading St. Thomas? Sure. So first of all, I would say this, you know, <clears throat> you mentioned that, that St. Thomas is, is the common doctor. Mm-hmm. Uh, part of that is he's the common doctor because his thought, like I mentioned before, his thought in a way encompasses sort of sort of the thought of the church. So so it kind of contains everything. But also he's the common doctor. Think of common as like something that's common is for everybody. St. Thomas is the doctor for everybody. Now, I speak personally, and I can tell you that I am not a theologian, and I am not certainly not an expert in St. Thomas by any means. So Dr. Chris here is a theologian, okay? So there's a difference. So when I think of, like, St. Thomas being for everybody, I think of myself, too, in that category, who, who's not a theologian but who has a desire to learn more about his faith. If if somebody 
were to say, okay, I'm interested. I think I want to learn more about St. Thomas Aquinas. What do I do? The beautiful thing with technology is the entire uh, Summa Theologiae, that book we talked about earlier, is is found online. And you, you can you can go. And I would say, if I were you, I would peruse just through the topics of, of the Summa. And, and maybe there's something in particular that really strikes your heart as something that you have a question about. And then you'll, you, you, can, you can find pretty easily online, too, if you just search, like, how to read the Summa. They'll explain the parts of it. They'll explain why it's organized the way that it is. Mm-hmm. And, and if, I were, if I were you, I would not just read it, like, because, uh, like, like you said, Chris, it starts with the objections and then goes into, into the, to the main body. Um, there's, there's ways of reading each article of the Summa that's much more approachable for us as moderns in the way that we think. So anyways, you can find all of that online. It's really accessible. Lots of people have, have put that out there, but just find something that you like. And, you know, particular, I'd say, you know, maybe start with, with something with the virtues. If you want to learn more about a virtue or start with something with the life of Jesus and, and read what Thomas has to say about that. So all that's online for free. For free, yeah. So the Summa itself, which when you, when you, if, if like I've got, do you, do you have it in paper or do you have it yeah, printed? Yeah, I have a hard copy okay. too, yeah. um, So it's, it's several hundred pages long, mm-hmm. but it's available online for free. So just Google, for, probably uh, do an internet search for, I'm sorry, we shouldn't, we shouldn't uh, <laughs> prefer certain searches over another. Maybe you want to bang um, St. Thomas Aquinas Summa. Theologica or Summa yeah. Theologiae. If you just type it in, it'll, it'll get you to the right place. So you can right. find that online. Um, and you, but you also said to, to, to do a search for how to read the Summa as a way to figure out sort of the format, right? Right. And honestly, like once you just like, you know, how, how to read an article of the Summa, there's, there's lots of stuff out there. W- once you get it down and you say, okay, I, I see what Thomas is doing and why he's structuring it this way. It just becomes you. Can, then you can read any article of the Summa, no problem, because you already got it down. Um, have you read anything else by Saint Thomas besides the Summa? Out of curiosity, I'm, yeah. first of all, have you read the whole thing yet? Uh, no, not even close. Okay. So, okay. so I am. I'm trying to read a little bit at a time. Try to go more into it. I have read some of his commentary on on Scripture. Okay. So, so like you said, he's probably best known and during his lifetime as a Scripture scholar right and and again all that's online too so you can find he, he comments on the on the gospels uh really beautiful to see what saint thomas thinks about scripture so saint thomas aquinas is this this as you see is the common doctor another one of his titles is the angelic doctor yeah um i studied my graduate studies in rome like some of our your brother priests at the angelicum which is the dominican school because and it's named after saint Thomas. it's actually the pontifical university of saint thomas aquinas <laughs> right but its nickname is the angelicum because it's named after the angelic doctor because of how how beautiful like an angel his thought is so this this br- brilliant holy he's a saint he's a saint man so when you read him the experience that you had father uh it really it's not just abstract dry mm-hmm. sawdust type um, arid theology it really is life enriching and life transforming so uh father I want to thank you for being on the show today Thank you for having me. And I want to encourage you, any listeners, uh, check out the Summa, how to read the Summa, and I think you'll find it to be really transformative, as Father said himself. And that will wrap up wrap up this episode of Ignition. Again, email us at ignition at sfcatholic.org or tweet at us at sfdiocese. Use the hashtag Ignition with any thoughts, questions, or ideas for future episodes. And until next time, dear listeners, may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, 
and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.